We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Hey, babes, welcome back to another episode of From the Mouths of Babes. This week, we are excited to welcome Nancy Elwertowski Cooper. Nancy has been a chiropractor for 34 years. And coming from a family with 21 chiropractors, Dr. Nancy frequently witnessed or heard stories of how the family's patients were surprised with the success of their care. As they previously did not realize, chiropractic could bring them a total health and healing. This passion and commitment to providing optimal care for others would follow Dr. Nancy throughout her life, driving her to not only join the field of chiropractors, but to become highly specialized within it. Over the years, Dr. Nancy has taken many postgraduate courses and um, specifically during those years while treating what she likes to call the big people and their children, she started to see that kids were getting sick more often and put on more medication. With seeing the increases in ear infections, colic, reflux, autism, and more, her passion grew towards these kids. So for three years, she continued her postgraduate education in pediatrics. And in 2005, she graduated from Palmer again, took the national board and received her diplomat in pediatrics, including in her training was also treatment of pregnant women. And she is a member of the state association of pediatric council and is board certified in pediatrics and pregnancy. Dr. Nancy, we are so thrilled to have you on our episode this week and especially excited to uncover the magic of chiropractic work, especially as it pertains to pregnancy and the treatment of of pregnant women and also kiddos. So thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate um, the invitation and I love to talk about this topic. So I'm excited about it. Well, let's dive in then because I feel like this, okay, I'll I'll just be honest here. Chiropractics kind of scare me. (laughs) I remember going (laughs) um, to, I, I think I went with my mom who I will just put a plug in there. My, our mom actually works with Dr. Nancy. She does uh, craniosacral and massage at Dr. Nancy's uh, practice. And so that's how we have that connection. But I remember when we lived in Arizona, I went with my mom to the chiropractor and I was terrified because of the neck cracking and popping and all those things. And I was like, oh my gosh, this person is going to squish me like a bug (laughs) and break all my bones. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a little intimidating um, sitting watching on the sidelines. Uh, I had a little boy last week say, "That's my mom." <laughs> he kept saying, "That's my mom," <laughs> as I was working on his mom. Like, be careful with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so hurt her. That I know. Pretty funny. Exactly. That's it was really that, cute. <laughs> yeah, that could be like really frightening for like a little kid as they like do that like. And like some people's necks are really loud. Like you just broke her. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It does. Yeah, we're um, we do it a little differently with the kids. Um, but I will admit, I'm that chiropractor that likes to um, actually move joints um, where you hear the popping and cracking. Um, I found it find it to be very effective and uh, instant relief for a lot of the patients. 
Um, but the little, little people, like my specialty is actually infants. Um, we don't do that with the infants. And that's the biggest fear, I think, when people come into our office, when they're bringing their little teeny tiny baby in, that we're going to be um, yanking them around like they've seen on YouTube, you know, the videos. So um, it's a very gentle, like more muscular kind of technique, kind of along lines of what your mom does. You know, a little bit of the craniosacral and all that. Interesting. Okay. Should every mother be bringing in a newborn baby? I've heard the terms that like birth is trauma, like especially if you've had a C-section. And so I've, I've heard some people say, yeah, all babies should be getting an adjustment ASAP. You know, so I'm just curious what your theory is. Yes. I, I really feel like our nervous system, our spine is just as important as our teeth, if not more. Um, and it's, and when they're little, everything's like, and I say they're like in pieces. Um, so if they could get an evaluation when they're first born, um, just to see how their spine is, how their head is, the shape, you know, the cranial bones, things like that. Um, it's so important for the growth because the, um, the brain grows the most during that first year of life. So if there's anything, any glitch in that system of growth, it's gonna affect them in the long-term. So as a um, pediatric chiropractor, that's kind of what we're looking for is, is there something that could be causing a little bit of gap in development that could be affecting them down the road? So getting checked right when they're born is um, vital. And the, um, with the births, the way they are these days, um, it's very, very rare that I get a mom come in with that hasn't had any interventions like Pitocin or C-section or um, the water broke, you know, was broken for them or things like that. So those things can really affect um, the birth of the baby and what you'd hear is called birth trauma. Um, but yeah, so I, I wholeheartedly believe everybody should be checked when they're little babies. And if they're good, you know, we just check them usually when they're going through growth spurts, you know, to see how they're handling that, you know, development part of their um, brain, their first year of life. Interesting. So you may, you kind of already answered this, but I, I really am intrigued to know the why behind pediatric work um, and even pregnancy. Maybe we should start with pregnancy before the little ones even arrive. Um, yeah. Because I, I, it wasn't until after I had my daughter that I just was noticing like, okay, my body's a little out of whack, feeling a lot of tension. I was getting regular massages, but decided that I should try, um, chiropractic work. So I ended up going to a chiropractor and, and he was like, yeah, like I see lots of pregnant women. Um, that's really when people should start coming. So can you tell us a little bit of the why behind chiropractic work starting in pregnancy? Yeah, there's, um, you know, again, we're, we're dealing mostly with the nervous system. Um, we're dealing, so three things, we're dealing with the joint, the muscle, the nervous system. So when you're pregnant, your body is totally changing, um, you know, month by month. It's, you know, the structure that your body, the muscles are used to, the joints are used to, it's all changing. So if those, during that um, change, those joints get locked up, now we're starting to get more muscle tightness. And then as the muscles are tight longer, then you might start getting some nerve pain. So we have a lot of women that get like sciatic pain, things like that. On the same level, um, when those muscles tighten up, if 
if it's tightened up in the back, it's going to counter tighten up in the front. So, it, you know, they um, counterbalance each other. So if it's tight in the front, then it's possible that baby's going to have to lay around a tight muscle. So then you start seeing maybe some malposition of the baby. Um, so then um, OBs like us because we help with what's called dystocia, which is an abnormal, um, how the baby comes out in an abnormal position. So if we can keep everything loosey-goosey, balanced, everything like that, the nervous system's working, um, the moms feel better, um, the deliveries come easier, faster. Um, you know, we've had a lot of good results with, you know, the labors being differently with chiropractic versus without chiropractic care. So it's all muscle balance, joint movement and nerve, keeping the pressure off the nerves is what we're um, aiming to do. I am feeling a little sad as we talk about this because we <laughs> brought up dystocia or yeah, dystocia, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. my little girl had shoulder dystocia and her tummy was measuring bigger than her head. And so I, and she was estimated at like 36 weeks to be already almost 10 pounds. So I ended up having a C-section out of fear that she would get stuck. And so as I'm learning this, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I would have known this sooner because then I think I would have made different decisions and maybe yeah. that could have prevented that. Well, and that's the beauty of being asked to talk on podcasts and things like that is really just to get the word out to people that, you know, we aren't just about back pain, neck pain, headaches, things like that. There's, you know, there's way more to chiropractic. Um, and there's so many different specialties within chiropractic um, and pediatrics and pregnancy being one of them. So I actually haven't told anybody this yet from, from our listeners. This is kind of exciting, but I am expecting my second baby. And, <laughs> and uh, so this has definitely has me thinking like, okay, because uh, I've had a lot of anxiety about this second pregnancy of whether or not this is going to happen again. Um, just the fear of my weight gain and how that will impact baby's weight and all those things. Um, so would you recommend, what's your recommendation as far as women who are pregnant, like seeing a chiropractor throughout their entire pregnancy, or if they're just learning this information, is there any downside or negative impacts of starting later in your pregnancy? Um, I would say start before you get pregnant, obviously. Okay. So you, yeah. the nervous system is fun functioning fully and it just gives your baby a better chance of growth. Um, and then, you know, as soon as you hear about it, get into a chiropractor, like you should be going now, <laughs> you know, just to make sure, you know, when earlier on in the um, pregnancy, we can, we can do more as opposed to when it gets later in pregnancy and the, you know, things are getting a little tighter, a little more spread out. Um, there's more of a belly. So the earlier on in pregnancy, if you have, if you, you know, say, cause you said you had an issue after your last pregnancy there, it still could be there. So you would want to get that taken care of before you get later on in pregnancy where our techniques um, tend to change a little, a little bit more. Would you, would you recommend a pregnant woman do a lot of research to find a chiropractor that is specializes in pregnant women and and pediatrics or do most have a basic foundation to be able to treat yeah. the average person? Yeah. Most have a basic foundation and most chiropractors treat pregnant women and most treat pregnant women and kids. So, um, you know, most 
though the chiropractors have family practices, like I said before, there are some specialties, like you might, um, I don't know, like a sports chiropractor, you know, still would be good because, you know, athletes get pregnant. So, you know, they would still know how to do stuff. Um, but we, sh I share a space with a chiropractor who is a sports chiropractor who does not want to work on babies at all <laughs> because they don't talk back to her. So they want to, <laughs> she wants people that communicate. <laughs> so, um, you know, so you want to, you know, look at their website and if they say they treat pregnant women, chances are they're comfortable with it. And some people, some aren't, but most of them that advertise on their website are, um, you know, well-versed in pregnant women and children and things like that. And when they're working on pregnant women, are they doing the cracking? Like what, because in my mind, when I think of pregnancy, I'm thinking like a lot of my trouble areas are my lower back. Um, I'm still carrying around a two-year-old. So I have a two-year-old on my hip while also carrying a baby, you know? Um, so what are some of the techniques and practices, I guess, that you're doing so that if there are women who are a little anxious about going in during yeah. pregnancy, they have, they know what to expect. Oh yeah. So first of all, you want to tell your chiropractor that you, that is a concern of yours and that you want to be cautious and not do the cracking. Um, in our practice, we like to honor everybody's wishes, what they, um, you know, what they want. And so we, there's so many techniques out there. It's not just that popping, cracking. There's, we, I call it drops, the guns, the rubbing, you know, there's all sorts of things to get the joint to move. Um, and so in my practice, I want to work with the patients on their level. There are some chiropractors that strictly do one technique. Um, there's chiropractors that do multiple techniques. So um, again, researching the chiropractic office, you know, to make sure that they do something you're comfortable with. There's chiropractors out there that just do upper neck. You know, there's chiropractors out there that just work with the muscles. So the best thing I think is to ask around your friends and people you know, and then kind of get a feel of what that practice does. Um, early on in a pregnancy, it depends on, uh, in my practice, I might do a little bit more of the, they call it the manual technique where you hear the popping and cracking. As the um, belly gets bigger, the mom gets um, more pregnant, we switch up the technique to a lighter force technique, which might include um, the table drops down a little bit, or we have like a activator. Um, it's a clicker. You know, it's not, that's what the baby, the kids call it, the clicker. <laughs> um, so we have things like that, that will still get the joint to move. Um, it's not as quick as the, you know, manual adjustment, but it still works. It still provides relief. I think the clicker is more my speed. That's what I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I'm just yeah. remembering when I was pregnant with my, my second pregnancy. So my first pregnancy was twins. And then they, um, they were 15 months when my next baby came, but just a couple of weeks before my like scheduled C-section, I coughed and I like threw something out and I got stuck in a rocking, my rocking chair. And I called our mom and I was like, mom, I can't move. I'm stuck. No. I can't even someone someone came to watch my babies and like my mom's like trying to throw me into her car and I'm just like crying. Yeah, and they used the the little poppy thing and oh, it was one of the most like embarrassing things of my life and like trying to waddle into this chiropractor office and being like totally stuck. Like just fix it. I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. That clicker can be amazing for things like that. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. funny. You poor thing. It does happen. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I don't even, I know it helped a little bit. I don't even remember exactly. I think our mom eventually like massaged it out and I got some, she threw some Ben gay on me or I don't even know, but it, yeah. it was a little traumatic. I think I blocked it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have another question. So I have started kind of a little bit of research around chiropractic and kids on the autism spectrum and ADHD. So my old, one of my twins, my oldest son, he has both. And I keep seeing all these pop-ups about it. And I'm like, I really should do that. But he's has so many other appointments. And so I just haven't put it on the, on the, his schedule yet. But um, from what I understand, you do a lot of kids with special needs and what what diagnosis or what needs should a lot of parents be considering taking their kids to a chiropractor? Um, again, you're dealing with the nervous system. If there's um, something interrupting the communication from the brain to the body, um, it's the body's not going to take all the therapies that they're getting done. So again, getting an evaluation to make sure there isn't um, something breaking up the communication from the brain to the body. Um, is great when we're working with these kids. Um, So in in our world, we call these subluxations or segmental dysfunctions or a locked joint, um, anything like that. But that's when we're working with um, children with the special needs that we are just allowing their nervous system to free flowly or, you know, flow freely through their body so that when they are doing their therapies and, um, you know, taking the nutrition they're supposed to take things like that their body can actually process it better when their nervous system is working better that includes Mm -hmm. like the nerves going to the gut things like that so if you're taking um some a lot of supplements you know like maybe some probiotics or some other supplements glutathione to help you know heal the gut which a lot of parents with special needs do if the um wiring to the gut is not a hundred percent, then it's not going to absorb those nutrients. So this is on another level of how chiropractic, um, instead of just muscle skeletal, things like that, it's your nervous system affects every function of your body. So again, looking for the interruptions within the spine, um, is basically what we're doing so that that nervous system can function the right way. And therefore the organs can function the way they're supposed to. Interesting. It is amazing how, interconnected everything in the body is because without having had this conversation, I don't think I would have realized the connection between nervous system and how that coordinates and works with our, our organs and, and how specifically chiropractic work will help in releasing the built up tension that is there. So what, what does that actually look like? What's an example then of you have a kid Let's take, let's take uh, Kara's son for, for example, he comes in, you know, he has a diagnosis of autism and ADHD. What would you be doing um, to get that nervous system to kind of flow freely? Well, in our office, we first do um, what's called a computer scan. So we're scanning his nervous system, um, which detects heat coming off the nervous system. 
and that will tell us kind of what the organs are, you know, how, what areas of the spine are affected that could be affecting the organs. Um, again, patient tolerance, what they can do. And we put, um, they call them surface EMG um, on the muscles to best. It tells us what their muscles are doing. And then we also have something that's like an ear clip or they can put their finger in it or hand depends on against, again, what kind of child we're working with. Um, that will test their heart rate variability. So that tells us how they're in, adapting to their environment. So we get a core, uh, we call it a core score. Of, it gives us a big picture of what their, you know, what their nervous system's doing. And then we get our hands on them. Well, first of all, we do a thorough history because we want to know when, you know, there was a difference notice. We want to know when the gap in the brain development happened, things like that, um, what you're doing, all that. Um, so we take a pretty thorough history put it together with our skin. And then we do an exam. We do some range of motion. We do posture. Um, we check motor activity, gross motor, fine motor, um, audio visual. Um, what else do we do? We do check the spine for motion. And you know, so we feel around, um, seeing what kind of motion we can feel if we feel anything stuck. And then, you know, from there, we kind of talk to the parent, tell them what we found. And then, you know, course of treatment. And again, depending on the child, um, some of the children with autism, we can't manually adjust. We will use our clicker. Uh, we may do just a little bit of soft holding, things like that. It just really depends on what they can tolerate, things like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then, so for a lot of these kids, what other modalities or treatments it I know that you recommend massage, the craniosacral, which how do you even, how do you, how do we define that for our <laughs> listeners? Holding of the skull. And <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's good at it. Um, it's, you know, it is, it's like a, you're, there's a pulsation underneath that the craniosacral therapists feel. So the, um, there's like a breathing. And so they have this special gift to hold, you know, feel that. And then they find where it's not like breathing, like it's not moving. And then they um, know specifically how to hold the um, cranial bones that allows that piece to move. So it's a very, very gentle technique. And we refer, um, I do a different technique with the babies called the myofascial release. And that mm -hmm. usually will take care of that. But if I need more work um, done and things just aren't shifting in the head, then that's when I We'll work with a craniosacral therapist to help with that. Um, massage therapy, that's anybody. <laughs> you know, the yeah. two work great together because when we adjust, um, the muscles have to hold the adjustment. And if they're just so tight, they're, we're going to have people coming back more and more. And so, which is fine, but I, you know, my goal is to see less of people. <laughs> so, you know, I would say get a massage that will help the adjustment hold longer, or even if they need a massage before I adjust them to help me get the adjustment, you know, the two, those two work really hand in hand. And then also we work with a lot of um, OTs and um, PTs and things like that, speech pathologists um, to help with, if there is a gap in the development of the brain, we know kind of where to plug in and help those children. Um, I just, that that's so interesting. I just had a thought too, um, like airway do you, uh, like in, I'm a dental hygienist. So a kind of uh -huh. a push in dentistry is assessing airway and getting in with, um, myo 
myofunctional therapists. Yeah. A lot of hygienists are trained in that. I'm not, um, but my son's speech therapist is, and she was like, oh yeah, his palate, it's a mess. You got to get into, you know, or early ortho, things like that. I'm assuming with a lot of these kids, that's part of your assessment too. And maybe a little like a little TMJ work or something if necessary. Yeah. So the babies were definitely checking the palate. Um, we work with a lot of kids with um, lip ties and tongue ties, which you've probably heard of a lot of, um, but we do assess the palate because it's really uh, an important part of the cranium too. And, uh, you know, of course, breastfeeding moms and things like that, gassy babies, reflux, things like that, which is probably the number one condition we see um, in our office with the babies. So palate assessment is huge in our office. Um, the myofascial work, um, we do, if there's issues with the airway, we work with that. But then again, the adjusting sometimes can just help, you know, if, if it's a nerve thing, there's so many things that can cause that that we just look at everything, you know, to see. And then we always try, you know, to adjust and work with the nervous system first as a primary treatment and then, you know, look elsewhere if it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. I love the holistic approach that most chiropractors are, are trained in. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know some of them have like naturopathic degrees as well, which I think is really cool. And I just, I love that connection. Yeah. Looking at the whole body and how one is affecting the other. And I just think that's such a better model of healthcare. (laughs) And I think that a lot of chiropractors have been labeled like hippy dippy and like, it's not real. It's a scam. Like, and, and I just, it's like, no, we're all so interconnected. Hello. Our fascia is literally connected from the tip of our toes to the top of our head to our fingers. And, and we have energy like our nervous system flowing through that as well. So I, yeah, I just feel like we got to like change, change that stigma. Maybe, I don't know, just kind of like with mental health, like you deserve whole health inside and out top to bottom. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I agree. 100%. (laughs) I'm curious with, um, it sounds like a lot of people come to you after they've had a diagnosis of ADHD, autism. Um, but can you, have you been able to maybe find your own diagnosis before they've gotten an official diagnosis just because of what you felt in the body? Um, Based on everything that, you know, the case history, the, what we find in the exam, um, things like that, we're not quote unquote diagnosing any of those things. Um, our whole primary goal is to assess the spine and the nervous system. But I will tell parents that, um, say I, I see their baby and um, I find an upper cervical um, subluxation bone out of place, causing some pressure on the nerves. I will usually kind of tell them where this will go. Um, Right now they're coming because the baby maybe can't turn their head to the left, you know, Um, depending on what part of the body that um, we find that the issue is, it can lead to things down the road. And, you know, it could be um, the upper neck could be ear infections. It could be down the road. Um, Well, first of all, it's usually tummy issues. And then it develops into ear infections. And then uh, when they get a little bit older, they can't sit still in class. They can't focus. And then when they're teenagers, it could be headaches. So the, you know, when the, 
the doctor says they'll grow out of it, they adapt is what's happening. So they're adapting, you know, yes, they're going to grow out of the, maybe the tummy issue. Um, they may grow out of the ear infection, but it's going to develop into something else. In my theory, <laughs> my, my, yeah. you know, but it's just from what I've seen. Um, usually if I have a teenager that I'm seeing for headaches, I'll trace back to when they're babies and they had colic reflux. So I knew that the issue has been there since they were babies. Fascinating. And so you can kind of, you know, see the pattern, you know, just based on what bone is shifted in their spine. And again, you're dealing with the nervous system. I feel like our mom really dropped the ball on not getting me into a chiropractor as an infant. <laughs> I, so she has 10 kids and she's literally told me I was her worst baby. I was just a screamer, like super, like they didn't have the diagnosis of like sensory processing, you know, but like if a young woman held me at church or something, I would take it out on her for like five days, like just screaming, like, <laughs> how dare you let some stranger touch me? And yeah, I probably, I probably need a lot of intervention. That's it. it, it. <laughs> I just think, mom. Oh, yeah, mom. <laughs> she did the best I'll she talk could. To her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was true. busy. Yeah. Seriously. Bless her heart. So for yeah. moms who might be thinking the same thing, like, oh my gosh, I'm noticing as I'm listening to this, like, okay, my baby has colic or my baby has acid reflux. Um, what are some signs and sis and symptoms that you would say like instantaneously, like they should be going to a chiropractor? Um, number one is if they prefer looking one way versus the other way, or if they prefer one breast or the other breasts, um, if, if they're pulling off the breasts when they're feeding, um, that's usually a pretty good indication they're fussy because their tummy hurts. Um, I mean, you know, another big thing is dairy is a, um, big cause of reflux in mm -hmm. the body. Just, um, if there's something going on, they, it just can't digest the protein and dairy. Um, but the, probably the number one thing is, you know, they don't like riding in their car seats. Um, and then you notice that, you know, their head is turning more one way than the other, or they don't like tummy time. That's another thing. Those are pretty good indications they need to get their baby in. Okay. ASAP. I will definitely be looking for those signs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we all got to get an adjustment. We're all going in. Uh, all of us. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, interesting. I know. I just need to bite the bowl and do it. I just keep like getting you overwhelmed should. and like looking up like different people. And then the one I choose, like they don't take my insurance and I'm like, oh, let's try somebody else. And, but they don't talk about like their autism protocol the same way. So I just have decision making fatigue. I'm just the worst. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody in your community that you could talk to that takes their child to a chiropractor that, you know, deals with children with autism. Yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Awesome. A, so a lot of this work, it sounds like it, you have to be in an office to get the adjustment. You have to be working with someone like yourself who is specialized, but are there any other tips and practices that you give as maybe like homework for parents when they get home to help with, uh, like helping the adjustment stick or just things like that? Yeah, I do. Um, I really, really, really like tummy time. Um, I think it's so important to get uh, a baby on their belly at least an hour a day, not all at one time, <laughs> yeah, but maybe five minute increments, one minute increments, hundred times, you know, something to get them, you know, 
for neurological development, it's key. Um, some things I have, parents hang them upside down. <laughs> um, you know, grab their, their little hips and just hang them upside down and rock them back and forth a little bit. Let them wiggle it out. Um, I usually get to know the parents a little first before I suggest that because they're all <laughs> freaked out. Yeah. But, you know, you figure the baby's been upside down for nine months. So they're, they're very comfortable with it. But those are probably my two biggest things that I suggest, especially to newborn moms, moms with newborns or little kids. Um, I would also suggest um, as the child gets older, not putting them in those seats that lock their hips in. Um, I don't know what they call them, bumbo seats or something. Um, oh. You know, a baby on the floor on their belly getting is the best place to put them. Even if you have put a cage around them, to, you know, if you yeah. want to go do the dishes for a little while versus sitting them in those seats because they can't, it locks their hips in and they can't freely move um, laterally or to the front. And, um, so freedom is probably another thing I would highly suggest to parents is give those child, those children freedom um, to lay on the floor, you know, wow. on their bellies. Yeah. I didn't ever think of that, but I just got a visual of like their fascia just getting like super locked up. If they're sitting in one of those little squished bumbo chairs for extended exactly. periods of time. That's so interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All these things that I'm like, oh, should have done that differently. I'm going to do this, <laughs> this differently next time around. Yeah. It's like, I don't <laughs> even you think get another they- chance. Yeah. I don't even think they told me like an amount of time for tummy time. I was like, yeah, I put them on their tummies. Yeah. I think, I think we're, I don't, I don't even remember. I'm blocked it all out. It's fine. But I don't think I did yeah. it right. <laughs> I don't know how to make everybody feel bad. <laughs> just oh. Yeah, no, but it, it's great. Do. I think it's really good to just be mindful of changing our habits and things that can help our kids help us. You know, we're all, we're all just trying to make it through each day, but sometimes it's nice to know that there are, there could be something that could help with your child's sensitivity, with their gas, with their headaches, with whatever, something that's not medication, right? you know, that doesn't have side effects that could be really helpful. I think that gives some people a little hope um, or just another option, I think. Yeah. We really, really try to avoid it of the medication as much as possible and just let them be as pure as possible. Yeah. And I I think just having that education, having that information, and that's why I I love being able to do what we do is being able to get that, that information out. So people can make educated decisions for, for their children. So thank you for using your expertise and your voice to, to educate us and to enlighten us. This was a great conversation. And I feel like I'm going to have to re-listen to it several times just so that I can take notes. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy, so much for, oh, thank for joining us. Yeah. All right. Let's transition to everyone's favorite segment. This came out of the mouth of my babe. Okay. I'll go first, I guess. Okay. Um, so I forgot we had a we had a friend um, give us a submission for our this came out of the, the mouth of my babe episode and I totally forgot to add it. My friend Brooke um, sent us a message and she says, 
So I use correct anatomical names with my girls so they know that the terms for their anatomy. One day we were talking about what to do if someone grabbed them or tried to take them against their will. I told them that they could scream and punch them in the crotch and I showed them what I meant. Later that night, I was out and my husband texted me and said, Evelyn just told me we should punch bad guys in the vulva. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. The bad guy could have a vulva. So punch them wherever, (laughs) whatever they got. (laughs) I just thought that was great. Yeah. So that came out of the mouth of my friend's babe. Love it. Nancy, do you have a funny story that came out of the mouth of one of your babe patients or children or grandchildren or friends? Oh, I have a, <laughs> um, a story I keep telling over and over to my, about my 25 year old nephew. <laughs> um, when he was little, I think he was just a little over one enough to where he could talk. Um, we were driving to Michigan from Indiana. We were going up um, to Michigan and he was sitting in the back in his car seat and I was up in the front and I said, do you want to um, stop and get some food? And I didn't hear anything and didn't hear anything. So I look back and he's like looking around and I go, what? He goes, he puts his hands up. Like he goes, no, Donald's <laughs> <laughs> for McDonald's. <laughs> I love so that. He was, like a, he was looking for McDonald's for us to stop. So <laughs> that's so, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. It's like, of course, the, the answer is yes. And it's got to be McDonald's. So I'm going to look already. Of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I, love I, I love the things that like kids call, like when they say things wrong, like my kids, my yeah. littlest says happy meal Donald's for McDonald's happy <gasps> meal Donald's. And then they all call Chick-fil-A Chick-a-fil-A. So <laughs> <laughs> like never say it correct. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this was really funny. She, we went over to one of our friend's house and they had gotten her birthday gift. And so she was opening up the birthday gift and she sees that it's Mickey mouse themed and she's really into Mickey mouse lately. And she goes, Oh my goodness. As she's opening the, the present, she got so excited. So yeah, that was, that's so cute. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Nancy, for joining us. For those of you that would like to hear more um, about Nancy's work and her qualifications, she has a website that you can visit, um, kidschiropractor.com slash Dr. Nancy Elortowski Cooper. And you can find out more about her practice, Cooper Family and Pediatric Chiropractic. And if you have um questions for her or things like that, feel free to contact her via her website. But thank you so much again, Nancy. And we hope that this information was super helpful for people who might be experiencing pregnancy, might have kiddos that are experiencing different issues, but we really appreciate the education and for more education, for more conversation, enlightening conversations, join us next week, babes.